Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. That was very dramatic beginnings. Not sure if it's going to be that dramatic all the way through, but I'll look to Paul Goff to do a semi-dramatic, perhaps, continuation. My name's Leonie Boxdell. I'm the Director of Alumni and Philanthropy at RMIT, and it is my enormous pleasure to welcome you to this very, very special place. I can see kind of halfway up the halfway up the um, auditorium, but we have lots of people here tonight, and thank you all for your response. Before we start today, allow me to acknowledge the traditional owners of this land. Today we acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations as the traditional owners upon which we meet, and we pay our respects to their elders both past and present. We also acknowledge the traditional custodians of lands across Australia, their elders ancestors, cultures and heritage. Thank you to the many alumni in the audience. Can I see a show of hands? Yes, I'm so proud. I'm an alumnus, so I'm just doing a little bit for me, just the moment, that's it. Um, thank you to our special guests, and we have many of them. And a warm welcome to our panellists today. Animator Adam Elliott, excuse me. Village Roadshow's John Kirby, AM. And entrepreneur Not Vu. And we also have Professor Andrew McIntyre at the far end and our host, Professor Paul Goff. <laughs> now you've set the scene because you've clapped and they've done nothing. So at the end when they've done something, you'll have to work that up a little, right? I'll just be taking that into consideration. A small amount of housekeeping. Um, emergency exits in the building are located to your left. Make sure I get my... Self right here to your left. Um, ladies and gents are in the foyer where you came in. We're in a pretty special place. Um, I think you can feel it in here. It's quite a special place and lovely with the fans off. Thank you. Um, how many people can recall being here in the past? Anyone? Oh, so many. How many people can't recall being here? How's that? That's a better question. Good. There's some people that have never been here. It is a special place, and this is a pretty special um, moment today. For those who are not aware, the theatre was designed by Walter and Marion uh, Belly Griffin. Marion, rather than uh, Walter, seems to be the person who has the largest hand in the design of the theatre, which has been described by Robin Boyd, RMIT alumnus and very well-known architect, as the best theatre ever built or ever likely to be built if you take a minute to look around you, you can see why. It was designed to evoke a crystalline cave with a spectacular 3D plaster ceiling, which is quite a feat for the time. For generations of Melbournians, it's been something much more. It's magical. Patrons originally came to see silent movies with a full orchestra, imagine, down here, and the first Wurlitzer organ over here by my right in Australia. Or if you're not quite that old, you could perhaps remember seeing movies like The Towering Inferno. Anyone have that moment? Some? Yes. The ceiling lights here were programmed so that when all the dramatic moments happened, the ceiling flashed. So it was quite, quite a spectacular uh, place to come at the time. We've been unearthing things as we've been looking at the building and um, recently came upon a pair of flags that were used by the Duke of Edinburgh when he opened the Olympics here in 1964. There were also some original seats up there too, and I'm really pleased we're not using them now. <laughs> um, the building is full of innovation, as well as history, 
And it's one of only two, in, two places in Victoria that show both 70mm and modern-day 35mm films, which means we can use many of our archived films as well. It's delighted generations of Melburnians, and it's been saved from demolition many times. RMIT bought this magnificent building in 1999. In 2014, we had to close the building to the public because it needed too much work. We want to secure the future of this building and return it to the people of Melbourne. And today we want to share our plans with you. You may have heard the news, and if anyone who's doing live streaming constantly on your phone, we've been on just about every station of the news tonight, whether, it's, whether your favourite is 7, 9, 10, ABC. Uh, every network has been featuring us this evening because today we're launching the RMIT Theatre Capital Theatre Appeal. We're inviting everyone and the public to help us raise the final $2 million we need to open the doors again. We've secured $8 million to date, including $2.5 million from the Victorian Government, and also had a recent commitment of $500,000 from a young RMIT alumnus and filmmaker, Ling Ang, who's here this evening, who I'm going to highlight again. Thank you. So today's the day we ask you for your support um, in helping us to open the doors again. In addition, your support can be leveraged. I'm really pleased, as the Head of Philanthropy, to be able to say that RMIT will match every dollar donated to the university for this appeal. And anyone who gives $250 or more will have their name recognised on a special feature in the building. So you can take that home on the train or in the car and think hard about whether it's you or your mum or your dad or your grandmother or someone you really like. This project has been supported and possibly made possible uh, by many of our ambassadors. Two of them are our panellists here tonight, Adam Elliott and John Kirby, and thank you both. You've been an enormous support to date. In addion multi-academy award-winning producer, and you may recall the Chariots of Fire, but Lord David Putnam is also one of our ambassadors, as is the producer of the hit film The Dressmaker, Sue Maslin, and the head of festivals for the British Film Institute, who's a graduate of RMIT, Claire Stewart. Enough from me. Now for the main event. I'd like now to introduce Professor Paul Goff, Pro Vice-Chancellor of the College of Design and Social Context, which houses many, many of the schools that are associated with film, creative industries, design, architecture, and much more. Um, Paul, you're our host for the panel tonight. You've now got to do more to get a rousing applause at the end, <laughs> larger than the one at the beginning. So thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Leonie. Thank you very much for being here. What an extraordinary event this is all day today. I'm still recovering from my first stint. First part of the day was um, 10 minutes on the radio with Red Simons at quarter to seven this morning. Still, that's exactly the expression I had. <laughs> I learned in my media training to do something called block and bridge. Um, I did a lot of blocking and a lot of bridging. But we got there eventually and told the story. And again, what I said to, to Red and have said throughout the day, and we share this upstairs and to the media today, is that it's one thing to face backwards with this building and the heritage of it and the history of it, which is extraordinary. And look at this place. This is, there's nothing quite like this in the world. Top five cinema in the world. The Australian Alhambra, I call it up there. 
But it's actually the next 50 years that interests us, and the fact is how we can introduce thousands of students into this place, hundreds of partners, thousands of school children who want to work with the university to make the most of this place. Industry working through partnership with education. And this is an extraordinary, uh, both a, a partnership, also a responsibility for us to make this work. And so I'm so excited about how we do that. And to share that excitement, I have other three colleagues, and my colleague, Andrew McIntyre. Andrew McIntyre made a... Um, um, Deputy Vice-Chancellor Global Development, we made a pact earlier on that we would do a charm offensive. He would be charming and I would be offensive. <laughs> you and the, um, the, the, the August panel in front of us already been introduced. And I was going to start off an innocent question, because I think it's a good one, is to, I know already, which was the first film you saw here? And when I get to you, Nock, what's the first film you would like to see here when it's open? So, Adam... I already know the answer, but it's a good one. And John, I already know the answer, but it's an even better one. Well, um, I remember the first film I saw here very clearly. Uh, my father uh, and I came in on the train from Mount Waverley to see a matinee. And sadly, it wasn't uh, Citizen Kane or Towering Inferno. Uh, it was Police Academy 1. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, but I, I remember it vividly coming in because, of course, the first thing you do is look up and you just see this amazing uh, ceiling. And I, I'm pretty sure I watched more of the ceiling than I did of the film. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that, that sadly was the first film. I, we, we appreciate and admire your honesty. John, you see if you can up that one. I think the, I think the first film uh, I saw here was uh, Barry McKenzie, and I can remember... <laughs> I can remember sitting up in the back row and, uh, and uh, a couple of people in front of me had, uh, had their, their cans of uh, VB or Foster's <laughs> at the time and I, I, can, I can still hear the ring pulls. There is actually a stairwell just around the corner there yeah. behind the stage here and there's a little uh, a cellar, very, very dark space down there which I pop my head in every so often amongst the cobwebs and there is a bottle of VB beer there still, <laughs> there circa 1973. So it hasn't got your initials on it, yeah. but just fine. <laughs> And Nock, what about you? What's the first one you'd like to see here in this extraordinary 70mm projection? Ooh, um, I think my, mm, my first thought actually is perhaps a VR feature. Mm. So, you know, one that, you know, sort of gives us a drama and possibly is a little bit more realistic than, uh, you know, your standard fantasy, but, you know, also transports you and, you know, takes you into the whole action within, you know goggles or something, like some sort of wearable, but yeah. Wow, this is the film you're going to write, the next film you're going to direct. So. There you go, you heard it here first. Andrew, first question to you. Let, let me, actually, before a question, Leanne said, oh, isn't it good the fans are off? Well, well, yes, it is. We can hear each other now, but I don't know about anyone else. It's really hot. <laughs> so um, if anyone feels like taking off layers... Just the one, just the one, Andrew. It's all just cut and coat. This is not Emmanuel three. No. <laughs> now there's a thought. <laughs> um, well, since Adam's sitting next to me, um, Adam, you sort of live here in the, the heart of Melbourne, just just around the corner. Melbourne's held your your attention for a long time. What is it that keeps you going in? Um, I guess telling our stories. Well, actually. Um, you mentioned uh, Barry McKenzie, uh, one of my um, 
you know, favourite of Australians is, is uh, Barry Humphreys and, um, and his friend Dame Edna. And I remember Edna said in an interview once that uh, she's not an Australian, she's a Melbourneian. And I've always, that's always stuck in my head and I, you know, I, I am a proud Melbourneian. I've chosen to stay here and not disappear to Hollywood or, or Europe. And, uh, I, and I, of course, I tell Melbourne stories. I tell my own stories and uh, all my films have uh, characters that are based on myself and, um, and my family, of course, and friends and people I meet on trams. But uh, there's something, I think, very introspective about Melbourne that, that Sydney and the other cities don't have. I, th I think, you know, Melbourne's very conducive, conducive to, the, uh, to the arts and I think that's a lot to do with the weather. Uh, I spent a lot of time indoors as a child drawing and <laughs> making things out of uh, toilet rolls and egg cartons and pipe cleaners. So I, I think, gee, well, imagine what my life would be like if I was brought up in surface paradise. Would I, would I have become a clay animator? I don't think so. So, uh, yeah, Melbourne has a, certainly has a special place. And, and the other thing, too, is that Melbourne has, has saved so many of these wonderful mm. buildings. And Melbourne has a lot of great ceilings. Mm. I, I live next to the Forum down in Flinders Street, and the Forum has a great ceiling. The Palais has a great ceiling, the Regent. So something about Melbourne, Melbourneians looking up. Um, and uh, of course, we, you know, we've saved so many more buildings than other cities. And, and of course, we lost a lot when when we had the Olympics. Uh, not that I've got anything against Will and the Wrecker, but Will and the Wrecker came through and demolished a lot of Melbourne's beautiful mm. buildings, especially down St Kilda Road. But thank God we saved this one. You mm. know, it's just amazing. Um, and I learned a fact today about the ceiling. I've always wondered what it's made of, and of course it is made of plaster, but it's plaster mixed with horse hair. And I've, I've got a very vivid imagination. I just thought, <laughs> how many horses were shaved <laughs> to make this ceiling? So, so Mark Morell, who's here, will know the answer to that story. He knows everything about this. The history, I've forgotten history. your question. No, they, 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 they just collect the hair that molts. That's all they right. do. Molting horses. No, no horses were harmed in Clyde's the production down. of this ceiling. <laughs> Paul, I think you'd better go back to your end of the... Okay, John. I need to go to John just to talk about the sheer scale of the operation that you have created, how remarkable that is. And, and weaving into that with a bit of history of how you did that, What's the future of one-screen cinemas, if any? What's the future of... of a single-screen cinema, given what you've achieved in your, your world, of your, um, the, the kind of nationwide system of cinemas, the national business you've created? Yeah. Look, yeah, the future of, uh, of, of cinemas like this is, is actually sort of in, in events, mm. uh, uh, big events, uh, but also big movies as well. You know, the, 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 the big movies need... Big auditoriums because you uh, you, you generate you know, as much box office as quickly as possible. Mm. You know that, that's just the nature of the business. That's why releases are sort of spread far and wide nowadays compared to what they were sort of 40 or 50 years ago. Mm. So so yeah, places like this have they they do actually have a great future. And what the the other thing that actually gives them that future is that they have they have a character. And, and, a, and a flavour and an interest. Yeah, there's, it, it's, it's very special sort of coming to a, 
uh, a place like this, as against just a regular movie house. That, yeah, very, very well designed in that very modern way, but but nothing as elaborate and as, 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 as has the character as the places like this have. Yeah, this, this is this this is it's a great thing that RMIT are doing, mm. a very visionary thing. Great, that's good to hear. And Nock, tell us about the industry you're involved in now. You're entrepreneurial, you're talking about VR and AR, oh, a very yes. different world. Tell us a bit about how you see your fit into an organisation like the cinema industry. Um, yeah, so uh, currently I work in the gaming industry. Um, at the moment at Route 59 we're creating um, sort of a visual novel which is an intersect between, um, say, cinematography as well as interaction. Um, so... The games industry, in fact, is currently at uh, currently we're heavily discoursing like social issues, like what is the morality within um, the space that we are in? Because you know, um, with games, we rely a lot on, on simulation, but then there's a point where you sort of um, discuss when what is the limit. Um, so with spaces like um, the Capitol Theatre. Um, I remember there was a talk um, during the Interna um, Independent Games Festival free play um, where they were able to secure a place in RMIT. However, the seating um, uh, filled up quickly. The venue, they had to change the venues twice mm. because you know, there wasn't uh, a capacity to, to accommodate that many people. Um, however, with the Capitol Theatre being reopened and renewed, like um, RMIT's games um, alumni and, and students are incredibly interested in like um, discussing these societal, you know, rifts and how we can facilitate that in the future. Um, so possibly with the Capitol Theatre, we can um, a we're able to convene in such a space um, without you know, really relying on other places like bars or anything like that. We're able to sort of um, come together within one area. And before I go back to you, Andrew, Adam, what is it like creating something that, an animation that's often uh, viewed on a handheld or different sort of mobile technologies? Is it, is it fairly uh, awesome putting it on a screen through 17 mil projection in a space like this? What happens to the idea, which I know in animation takes a long time to gestate, to ferment, and then to actually produce over years? There's some extraordinary moment of, real, of sort of realism when it goes up there. What happens in your head when you see something being projected on that scale? Well, I think because my films take so long to make, they, they take between four and five years each. And, and recently I was giving a talk to some little kids and, and I was telling them how long my films take. And I said, any questions? And this little girl put up her hand and she said, well, Mr Elliot, if your films take five years to make... I've worked out you've only got four left. <laughs> and, uh, so, I, to be honest, when, when we're making the films, we sort of, we get so immersed in the, in the making of the film, because we do five seconds a day, and we, when the film's finished, we almost forget that we have to show it to people. Mm. And... <laughs> And yeah, that when yeah. you project it on a, a giant screen, you, um, you realise all those jokes you thought were hilarious are not. <laughs> and, um, and also, it's almost like, because we work in miniature, 
the projector at the, uh, when you have a screening is acting as a microscope so you can see every fingerprint every mm. speck of dust and once we, we, we had a test screening, we looked up and there was a pubic hair on one of the sets. <laughs> How did that get there, you know? So um, it's both a, a, a thrill to see the final result and to, to especially sit in an audience. I always sit down the back and think, five years of my life, and, and finally you, you, you do hear them laugh, but, you know, when you see someone pull out a tissue mm. and you know that they've forced them to cry. Mm. For me, that's a yeah. lovely moment. It's a weird ambition to have. To <laughs> cry, but, um, but yeah, there's always something that you think, oh, now that's on the big screen, I wish I could, you know, change that. But that's it. You have to live with it for your life. Mm. There's a special, special category for behaviour like that. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> but let me pick up on the spirit of Paul's question and extend it across the panel. Um, we, we talk a lot about sort of technological change, but what, what's your sense of how that's affecting the way all of us are consuming culture, film and beyond? Yeah, Andrew, it's, it, it, it's interesting. Yeah, the, the Adam talked about yeah, yeah, people crying, but, but, it, it, but it's, it's, it's the emotions. And part of movie going is actually yeah, sitting in an auditorium with, 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 with a bunch of people sharing that, that, that wonderful, uplifting or, or, or yeah, introspective experience. It's, 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 it's quite elevating, yeah, particularly if you, if you see something that, uh, that, that you really do enjoy. Yeah? There's not many people that actually walk out of movies. Most mm. people stay there until the end. No. Um, yeah, so in going along the vein, um, games as a medium is great at simulation. Um, so aside from entertainment, it also has qualities which um, allow us to create safe spaces in which uh, we can experiment. So um, on top of my head, there's a studio that is working with NASA and other space travel agencies to actually create you know, um, a sort of training tool for astronauts to... Um, you know, go through the processes on what it takes to um, fire a rocket or go through the process of, like, you know, um, facilitating space travel. So there's an incredible, I guess, potential um, in uh, helping, you know, foster that sort of um, entrepreneurial sense in order to, you know, create new industries um, and create new tools in order for people to sort of... Um, uh, learn more and be educated and such. Mm. So yeah, there's a social responsibility in a yeah. lot of that yeah, as well. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah I, I, I've been around the Hollywood studios and uh, said to people that uh, yeah, they should uh, eliminate smoking out of movies. You know? yeah. And, uh, and uh, yeah, some people bought it and some people argue with me. And, and uh, there was one bloke uh, said... Uh, uh, but yeah, if, it, if it's a Winston Churchill movie, yeah, we, we need historical accuracy. Yeah. And I said, said Howard, I said, uh, that, that, that's absurd. If you want historical accuracy, you go to the library or go to the museum. But uh, you know, it's not in the movies. And, and if it's talking about Winston Churchill smoking, you, you know, people don't, the audience today, they don't know whether he's short or tall, thin or fat. You know, the, 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 it's, it, it's irrelevant. Yeah. So to that point, I think you've all got a responsibility, we have as well, to develop audiences. Mm. Uh, and one of the ways that interests me about how we develop this cinema, or any cinema, is around uh, festivals, around themes, 
that engage with people, create audiences for people who will not leave the television or will only see um, using hand devices or whatever. If you each could come up with a, a theme for a festival, what would it be? And we've got plenty in Melbourne already. What are you looking for? You must do this all the time, John. You must think, what's out there that I could grab in your audience, I could link things together? Give us an idea from each of you. What would you do? So well, see, you, that's the thing. Um, <laughs> Melbourne has so many festivals every week. I mm. think we, you know, someone said there was going to be the Melbourne International Scaffolding Festival. <laughs> with the and I believed them. I thought, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Uh, but of course, um, you know, being an animator, we, you know, we have the Melbourne International Animation Festival, mm. which has been going now 15 years, and. And we've been having, we used to have it at the Treasury Theatre down there, still mm. there, and then we moved to Acme, which is a wonderful venue, of course, we all love Acme, but, I, you know, I often think of this place, too, as a, as a possible venue mm. for Melbourne animators to, you know, I think the word I've been using a lot today with journalists is that we'd lo we want this to be a hub. Mm. It's multi-purpose, of course, you know, it's right in the middle of Melbourne. It's, someone said that, you know, St Kilda Road... Uh, and Swanson Street are, are like this spine going down down Melbourne. You've got the Arts Centre mm. and, you, you know, and Acme and Fed Square and, and, uh, and this is sort of, you know... It's one of the last places... I think mm. there's not many places left, apart from the ballroom uh, at Flinders Street. I think this is one of the last places mm. it has, mm. has to be. Is the word resurrected, revitalised? Too true. So um, Lisa mm. French, who's been a big part of the success story thus far of the theatre, talks about this as the missing tooth in the grin of Swanson Street. You know, that actually by building this, you've got that cultural mile, if not more, yeah. from RMIT, right, universities, all the way down. So creating new audiences, we can make them. This isn't about dividing the cake further, it's actually making the cake bigger, which must be yeah. your business, really, John, yeah. in terms of saying yeah. more people can go and yeah. can come and yeah. come enjoy it. But, but going back to about a festival, I'd, I'd like to see yeah, festivals of, of, of new things, of, mm. of festivals of new technology. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see... Yeah, a, 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 yeah, a World Congress of Games here in Melbourne. You know, something, yeah, you know, something reaching out into new technological areas. I mean, yeah, the, the, yeah, we just need to, yeah, just need to look forward. So not those three D glasses, but uh, Hololens glasses. Yeah, yeah. Who's that? Yeah, down there. Yeah. Gonna, oh, <laughs> there's a sponsor down there. Okay. Yeah. And Ling was saying earlier on that, uh, the other day to me that you made your new film entirely using yeah. um, uh, on mobile phone technology. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so your idea for a festival, you can build on the back of that one. We've got some sponsors in here with our hands yeah. in their pockets. Um, so uh, for games, we do have like the Melbourne International Games Week, um, which is great. However, a small part of that festival is actually... Um, uh, they usually have an augmented reality sort of mm. game going on. I would love to expand that, um, especially with the new Google phone, which allows mm. that um, sort of connection. Um, <laughs> if we can sort of, you know, capitalise on this new technology and be able to develop something that, you know, the whole city can get involved, sure. that would be super cool um, mm. for me. <laughs> so it's an, it's a, there's an interesting dynamic with this whole project. It's sort of remembering the past and forward into the future. Yeah. Um, the discussion so far has been about the future. Yeah. Um, interested in any of your thoughts on what space, what place there might be from film and other cultural formats from the past 
how should we be trying to think about, should we be trying to think about capturing that, preserving that, projecting that at the same time as we emphasise the very RMIT type themes of, you know, forward we go, brave new world. Well, the, the thing I learned today that behind us is this fly tower. There's actually a huge cavernous space behind us which has been occupied by pigeons for quite a while. And apparently, way back before they would show a film, they'd have a vaudeville act. The screen would go up and out would come some vaudevillians. And my father was an acrobatic clown, believe it or not. And, uh, and he's dead now, and I don't know. I, I, I'm pretty sure he may have performed up here and did some somersaults. So um, I think this would also be... We've talked about the comedy festival utilising this space. Mm -hmm. You know, seeing comedians up here, they'd love it, you know. Mm. It, it, again, it could be so many, there's so many uses, sure. mm. but it, it, the word hub is the one. Mm. So some of the ambition is to extend this by five metres and to create this 45-metre 40, space inside there and to, um, we're working with the architects at the moment to see how we can bring that to life. So you have performance space, a rehearsal space, as well as a cinema. And don't worry, Adam, because in a few minutes that's going to come up there and all the troubadours are going to come bursting. Oh, really? Yeah. We're part of it. Yeah, so Actually, like that. that reminds me, you were talking about smoking. Another fact I learned today yep. is that middle yeah, section up there rolls back and it's like the tennis centre that yeah. comes across. <laughs> and the reason that rolls back is uh, when you were allowed to smoke in here, that was to let all the smoke out. Uh, is that true or is somebody just telling me a lot? Sounds true. To <laughs> yeah. just, just before you rush forward into the future again, <laughs> sorry, um, um, Knock John, would either of you like to come in on the on the issue of is there something we can or should be doing about past formats? I, I, I don't think I don't think it's really helpful to sort of uh, try and replicate the past, but because uh, because you're only just repeating what, what's already been. And uh, but but this beautiful building, you know, re refurbishing this sort of is a wonderful reminder of, of 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 the of the grace and the grandeur of of of, of, uh, of previous architecture and and, uh, and entertainments and and using this facility to to its fullest, whether it's for yeah uh, event screenings or or music rehearsals or meeting rooms or conferences or, or, or uh, lectures or, or you know, student bodies, yeah, all of that's sort of really important because while all that's happening, you know, just yeah, the ghosts and, 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 the, and, and the feeling of the past is sort of with them. So yeah, you're actually sort of getting, there's, there's, a, there's a feeling of sort of entertainment osmosis that, that, that will be pervasive, which I think will be, um, uh, be a powerful force going forward. Nock, did you want to come up? Um, well, I can't really say much because I haven't exactly lived that long. Um, <laughs> however, I, I do have a really heavy interest within um, other, I guess, Asian media. So, mm. like, um, things like K-pop or, mm. like, things that my parents enjoy. So, like, um, especially my father, he's been, he's recently discovered YouTube. So um, <laughs> he's been watching these Vietnamese comedy skits, um, and so they usually held in, you know, uh, other spaces like in LA where there's a large Vietnamese diaspora. Mm. And I realised that, you know, actually Melbourne and like, you know, even Australia as a whole has a large Vietnamese diaspora. So where is this? Why isn't this occurring? 
Um, so, you know, uh, having a space like uh, Capital Theatre where it's like a central place where everyone knows where to go um, might also be a great um, uh, space to sort of facilitate, you know, other media and sort of globalise um, and also communicate, you know, Melbourne is a multicultural society, we offer all different types of, like, um, entertainment and media, whereas, you know, even if, you know, you're not, um, you're not Korean or you're not Vietnamese, you can come in and experience what it's like, um, like, yeah, how we entertain and dance and communicate our, our culture, um, yeah, so... I think the other thing that interests me is something I was talking during the day is, and certainly Ling was saying this, that there perhaps needs to be a space where um, media, uh, SMEs and micro-businesses, people can just hang out because they've got an interesting space. And it goes back to the examples you see in New York, I've seen in Berlin, and also in London, like Soho House, where people come along and they, they, they bring their laptop here, they're energised by the people who might also be alongside them. And something around that kind of, uh, you create the conditions where something extraordinary can happen. It happens, as, as John and Adam are saying, in an amazing building, but it happens because people are brought into kind of um, collision, into uh, conversation, and I think that's where you create the conditions for something quite extraordinary to grow, just off Swanson Street. Mm -hmm. and, and that's our vision as a university, to make that possible with a whole range of partners. And you can manage that, you can legislate to a point, but then you're just going to let it happen. Mm. Mm. It's important that, that, that you, you look at all of those things you know, with, with, uh, with, with, with a visionary perspective. I mean, you can't be xenophobic about those sorts of issues. You know, the, the world nowadays is, is a connected world. Mm. And, uh, you, you know, you, you really have to be part of... Uh, uh, well, don't have to be part of, but but you need to be aware of of, of just all of those. Yeah, you know, not not just Facebook, but also things like WeChat and Yuku and 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 I've forgotten the the Facebook the Facebook equivalent, but the Weibo, but, yeah, yeah, Weibo, <laughs> yeah, but 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 yeah, th these are yeah forums that 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 involve. Yeah, hundreds of millions of mm. people. Mm. You know, it, it, they're not just little pockets, you know, but they're massive. And you know, if, if we're doing these doing these things, we're, we're educating people and providing facilities. You know, we have to do things with 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 a with a big vision rather than just just a local vision. Too true. Yeah. Paul, you and I have been having all the fun with uh, Knock John and Alan. Do you think we should let the audience have um, have, have a crack at them, or do you want to? No, no, fine. I'm more than happy. Break into the fourth wall. <laughs> would, it, would anyone like to put a question or a comment or a Thank provocation um, to our uh, remarkable panel? Yes. There's if, if anyone's wanting to engage, there's microphones floating around. If you put a hand up, they'll they'll come to you. I do have another little memory of the Capitol Theatre years ago. We, we, uh, Village Roadshow had a partnership here with, uh, with uh, Dick Silman, Alex Sharp and Bruce Mateer. And it was a very successful partnership over a number of years. And, uh, and, and uh, we, yeah, we did have an offer one time. Well, I had an offer one time 
uh, when the Moomba parade was on that uh, come into the Capitol Theatre because it was too hard to uh, navigate all the crowds outside, but to come in here at the Capitol Theatre and, and there was some way you could uh, climb out onto the roof. So we would have had a <laughs> tremendous sort of advantage. Just, I never actually did it, but uh, it's just one of the things that's in my memory. That's on, on my wrist register and yeah. the OHS. Paul? Oh, Dan, Dan, here yeah. Anyone? Paul, can you hear me? Yes. Trevor Tappenden. Dan Trevor. <laughs> Paul, the, the, the three panellists are amazing professionals and uh, have individual expertise, but a question to them is if, if we put them all together and together with this venue in its new, in its new form, what do you think that they could create into the future, combining all of their expertise? That's a, is that a question for me? That's a question to the panel. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, the trouble is, I'm not very good at collaborating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's uh, creative. <laughs> so <I don't> know. <laughs> Sorry. Well, look. Um, yeah, I've just finished writing my new feature and I'm financing at the moment and, and as I said earlier, my films take years to make so by the time this has been refurbished um, I will have finished my film and uh, maybe Melbourne Film Festival will be back in here and I'll be the opening night film. And, so, <laughs> you know. Adam, we'll give you a slot January the 1st, 2019 which is when I intend to open the doors. Oh, that's a bit there, soon. There, you'd, uh, have to work, you'd, have to, you'd have to animate nights, ooh, stay at nights as well. Hire an assistant. Actually, just before I forget another fact, I've got these facts <laughs> popping into my head, that the lights we're seeing today, Mark told me this, that we're only seeing 20% of what was originally installed up there because the globes were specially made, and once a globe blows up there, they can't replace it, so we're down to 20%, and the plan is to restore, uh, replace all the globes with LEDs, and so you can, it would just be amazing. Well, and the other, the other fact too is uh, Walter and Marion Griffin, who, for those who don't know, they invented Canberra or designed Canberra. Yes. <laughs> Apparently, on Wikipedia I read today, they also invented the carport. Who would have ever thought Car Canberra and carports in the same sentence? Uh, very similar. The, the, um, the question's a great one, though, because part of my job, and our job as a university, is to, again, create the conditions where, where disparate parts can be brought together to create something extraordinary. And I think that's where you've got a group of students, you've got a group of staff, you've got staff and students working with industry, you get some really extraordinary results, like 2 plus 2 equals 5. So the combination of, of national experience of creating a business, of showing and attracting new audiences, the, the animated world of very specifically building something and creating something over a period of time, and then the world that you're moving into with this new technology and new approaches to visualisation, that's our job. That's all of our job, really, as alumni, to mm. kind of say, right, who's out there and how do we make this yeah. new cocktail, this new curry, pull it, to, pull it together? And I think that's where the community of three, 400,000 alumni really make a difference. Alumni mentoring, if each of you were to take on a student and help them through the next two to three years, we're all doing that, Andrew and I are doing that, suddenly you've got an opportunity of sharing that knowledge, but also, like I have, I've got a, a college of 22,000 students, it's like running a medium-sized university, is that with my panoptic vision, I should be able to join the dots and pull things together, and that's what you have to do mm. now. No, that's what you're going to have to, <laughs> going to make happen, yeah. and that's our, our role in recreating the capital is not to say, yeah, it's a great building, but what is it going to be now and next? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. fusing mm -hmm. your...
brains and your creativity and your business acumen together is what I'm expecting from you, John. John has retired, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but this is... One of the great assets of, of, uh, of RMIT is, is, uh, is its experience, its uh, alumni, mm. its networks. You, you know, you, you, you have to sort of harness elements of that to, uh, to, to work together. You know, and, and hey, it's not, it's not easy. You can't just open a drawer and, uh, and, and, and pull mm. out a file and say, there mm. it is. Yeah, it, it, it takes a bit of work sure. and effort and, and, and planning and, 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 and pain and difficulty. But, but yeah, if you want to get somewhere and you want to sure. do something, that, that, sure. that's what it is. It's all about hours. And Absolutely. And RMIT's global yeah. footprint, we've got representatives from Vietnam yeah. here, yeah. in Singapore, in, in, yeah. in uh, Hong Kong. And, and, you know, we look after a great empire of, yeah. of, of graduates yeah. and students, 84,000 of them. And that reaches out at those diaspora of yeah. different sorts of audiences. Yeah, yeah. But just picking up on that theme, because I don't know about anyone else, but I'm starting to expire in the heat up here. <laughs> um, just picking up on this notion of alumni community, something that people don't often realise about this university is that it has a huge alumni community. Mm. Mm. It's something like 400,000 living, known, that we're in contact with. Alumni yeah. around the world, yeah. um, and there's just great potential to connect there. But really, <clears throat> I, I guess my sort of parting comment for tonight. Paul may want to go all night, um, <laughs> but, but but my parting comment for tonight is: you're hearing vision here, and tonight's a call for action. Tonight's a call for action for the people in this room the RMIT community in Melbourne, the wider Melbourne community, the wider global RMIT community, for anybody within those spheres of that onion who are excited by this to come together and help us. Mm. We've got a gap we have to close. It's a $2 million gap, and it's being closed with all sorts of small, not so small, and large contributions. And anybody that's motivated to get involved, we really want to hear from you. Mm. But the second part of the message is in some ways even more important. It's talking to other people. I mean, we're really fortunate with the excitement that's going around this with this launch. But it's, it's building on that momentum. It's everybody in this room talking to five other people and that, mm. that story getting out because that's how community appeals work. And if we can just build on this excitement, we'll be able to close this gap, close it quickly, close it convincingly and just power forward with the vision. I'm really excited about that. And to close, I'm going to go for one or two last words from each of you about... What are you doing next? What is in terms of your creativity you're all involved in? I'm always interested to know what people are doing. Well, I've talked a lot about what I'm doing tonight. So, um, uh, I can't do anything else. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, death. That's all I've got. To Fine, that's what we'll just talk that one. Um, uh, John, what's your, what is your latest project you're working on? Um, 
Well, Paul, yeah, look, I, I retired from uh, executive life about uh, about six or seven years ago, and uh, so the activities that I work on, I'm still on the board of Village Roadshow as deputy chairman, uh, but but I have uh, mainly I get involved in just community activities. Mm. Yep. Great. And not your busy on lots of stuff. Yeah, um, so when we finish, uh, I guess, our flagship visual novel, um, what I want to communicate to, I guess, um, the future is that, like, you can have this medium that is steeped in the culture of another medium, um, but you can, you don't have to, uh, um, I guess, be steeped into that medium to create. You, you have to research, um, you know, but you don't have to be, <laughs> um, if that makes any That's sense. It's like more of a, you know, a cultural sort of inside. Great. Sort of so thing. I'm going to yeah. close by thanking Adam, John, Yock for their contribution this evening, for not melting on the stage and for giving us a lot of laughs and a lot of insights. Before we go, there's a couple of things here. Just that grab a magazine on the way out. Hang around. There's plenty to talk about and have a, another drink with us. If you've got a capital story, visit the website up there somewhere you know the address we can give you the address share your memories with us very important we get the, the social the fabric of the history of this building and its future Andrew's mentioned about the appeal and what we're doing there a huge thank you for coming I chair many meetings associated with the capital many many meetings and some of my wonderful teams are out there including folk from property services and alumni obviously um, and at the beginning of the meeting I would say let's start with a good one liner from a movie and everyone's got a good one-liner from a movie, but um, Adam's already bought up the word starting with D. So I'll quote from Woody Allen, who said, I want to achieve immortality, not through my films, but through not dying. <laughs> so round of applause tonight for my guests here and to Andrew. Thank you very much. And thank you. <laughs>